Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our service, whether you're here in church with us or looking in from home. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, the first comments I wish to make this morning are about our vacancy. On the way in, you would have had the opportunity to sign a form. Now, that form basically is an extension to the document that we will be sending to our proposed new minister. It's an invitation. It's called the call in Presbyterian terms. But frankly, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to our preferred new minister to come and accept a call to Ballycrocken to come and be our new minister. So everyone in the congregation is invited to sign. You don't have to be on the voters list to sign. If you wish to sign the call and sign the invitation and say, please come and be our minister, then do so. Tom Shaw has been with a couple of forms, a couple of extension forms this morning in the vestibule. They'll be there to this week and next week, and then following next week, they go to Arch Presbytery on the first Tuesday in November. And Colin may want to say something about that. So if you would like to sign the invitation, sign the call, then please do so. It is open to every member of the congregation to sign. Now, moving on, Harvest Annual Gift, it has now reached £4,075. So it's creeping up week on week. And for those of you who have continued to add contributions, thank you so much. That's greatly appreciated. And if you want to do so on this following Sunday, then please feel free to do so. Parents and toddlers, last week I made an appeal on Evelyn's behalf for some support in the kitchen for parents and toddlers to prepare snacks. Three people volunteered, and I thank the three who did volunteer. We could do with another little bit of help. So if you could do even one Tuesday a month, that would be greatly appreciated. And if that's the case, have a word with Evelyn this morning. Life Lounge is on tonight, 7.30 here in church. And our special guest is Aisling Pitt. She is the scripture union worker for North Down and Arts Schools. And she's going to be interviewed by Rachel Donaldson, one of our former members. So I would encourage as many as possible, please, to come. Not only are you going to hear what's going on, but you're going to, by your physical presence, you're going to give encouragement to Isling. So please, please, put it in your diaries, put it in your head, and make an effort for tonight. I regularly, weekly, announce Monday being Jim and Kim Day. You all know what that is now, so I'm not going to announce it after today, to be honest with you. You know it's there. It will be there even though I don't announce it. So I'm not going to do the weekly one, but please, please be aware that Jim and Kim will be there each Monday as they have been for such a long time. Our next announcement is about shoeboxes, and Pat's going to do that this morning. So Pat, please. Good morning, everyone. Some of you probably already turning your thoughts towards Christmas. Some of you, like me, probably think it's still far too early. But I do want to encourage you this morning to think about one Christmas gift which you do need to start planning and thinking about now. Operation Christmas Child, which is run obviously by Samaritan's Purse, we know it as the shoebox appeal, is up and running again this year and the church will be used as a receiving centre. Hopefully this year, 
in here and not in the windswept, cold, wet car park that we had last year. We will be receiving boxes on the week beginning Monday the 15th of November through to Monday the 22nd of November. Now we'll provide more details of the times nearer the date, but that's the week we're aiming for. So it, it's really you've got three weeks to get your shoebox ready. So please start thinking about it. Knitting needles out, if that's your bit. Start planning and buying. And just enjoy looking for things for the shoeboxes. It can be quite fun if you enter into it. We do have some ready-made boxes which will be available in the vestibule after the service. Some of you I know don't like covering those shoe boxes with Christmas paper. I don't like it either. There are also leaflets which will tell you what to put in your box and more importantly, what not to put in your box. Um, some of the leaflets are out of date in terms of the year, but the information in them is still correct. So don't panic if yours doesn't say 2021. That's all I really want to say. There's a short video which Jenny has sent to us just to remind us of the sheer joy that a child will have in receiving your box. It might be the only gift they receive. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. The children are completely overjoyed. It's a real celebration. So many smiles on their faces. Smiles are all over. Yeah, these kids behind me are so excited because they've just received their boxes. Kids are so excited. Giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name. That's what this is all about. Operation Christmas Child is about expressing the love of God. It's its wonderful way to enter into the Christmas spirit in its true meaning. Operation Christmas Child has grown hugely over 30 years since it started here in Britain, but now it is a worldwide project to send millions of shoeboxes all over the world. That's what I love about Operation Christmas Child. It knows no borders and knows no boundaries. It's all about sharing the name of Jesus Christ. So the shoebox journey essentially starts from people in their home packing shoeboxes full of essential items like a toothbrush, some school supplies, toys and gifts, hygiene items, so there's a real mix. I love choosing the things to go in a shoebox. I like to think about what a child would enjoy receiving. Father, we commit these boxes to you as they start their journey. It's so encouraging having people coming into the church bringing their boxes. All sorts of people can help with Operation Christmas Child. It's families, it's churches, it's hundreds of thousands of volunteers that help make Operation Christmas Child so successful. The volunteers lovingly check and prepare shoeboxes for international shipping. Everybody out there who packs shoeboxes, they are spreading God's love. Some of them go by train, some go by camels, some go by ships. These boxes go all over the world. And that is only the beginning. So when the children have got their boxes, they are invited to take part in something called The Greatest Journey. Which is a 12-lesson discipleship program where they learn about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. After a child completes The Greatest Journey, they graduate and receive a certificate and a Bible in their own language. 
Nag-istorya ado pa hindi nga kanta mo kung may kampay hindi agkankan na dita sa hango, ma'am. Imbasa mo ba si hindi, ma'am? Ni Papa, ni Lola, ni Lolo, ni Papa, mamat. Kahit mamati, dakin ni Apong Diyos. When the light of the gospel is turned on, it makes everything new. Operation Christmas Child opens doors for people to discover what is the greatest gift of all, the love of God through Jesus. It is impacting children, it is impacting families, it is impacting the world greatly. I really encourage you to pack a shoebox and get involved with Operation Christmas Child. Lives are being changed all over the world. It's brilliant. I have just one further item of information to share with you this morning, and it is to share the sad news of the death of a member of our congregation. Mrs. Sarah Ann McCartney, better known as Sally, passed away, and her funeral was on Friday of this week. Sally, although in later years was unable to attend church, she certainly kept a link with us, and in fact was a great knitter for the shoeboxes. So to Sally's son, Daniel, and her daughter, Sally, and that family circle, we extend our love and our Christian prayers. At this stage, Colin, it's good to see you back fit and well again. We know you weren't able to attend our meeting on Monday night, but you're back fit and well, and thank you for coming this morning to lead our service. My privilege, my pleasure to invite you to do so. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Good to see you. And congratulations on Monday past. Uh, had a bit of a chesty, high temp, thought it would play safe. Didn't want to come and then have to apologize to whatever number of hundred people afterwards. Uh, so I just thought that I would uh, uh, keep myself out of the way and then um, be right as rain for, for today to be with you. Well, thank you to uh, Billy for his welcome and uh, it's always a very warm welcome to be here in Ballycrocken. Um, obviously, it's congratulations to you on uh, your call last uh, Monday. Um, we're just sort of wondering when we can name names, so to speak, because, um, as you can understand, uh, the, the candidate is sharing with his congregations this morning, uh, so we're withholding on names here, live stream, all that. So uh, just being careful on, on his behalf, as Billy has shared with you, we will then be going along to the Ards Presbytery on the first Tuesday in November, and then to the Candidates Presbytery at his request in December, which then looks like um, a, a January installation. So uh, we look forward to that very much indeed and uh, work our way towards that. So you'll be terribly good between now and January, whatever date that may be. I'm really looking forward to these uh, months with you. It's been a very happy vacancy, and I think it's been one when we've been able to share openly and lovingly in all sorts of ways with each other as we prepared the way forward uh, to, towards uh, the achievement of last Monday and on through towards the new year.
I'd like to read a little section uh, from Psalm 139 as our call to worship today. Psalm 139, beginning at verse 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Amen. And we thank God for his word. What a wonderful word that God knows us through and through and through. And we praise him because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. His works are wonderful. He is a great and wonderful Lord God. And so uh, the uh, title for the sermon later on is Amazing Things. We worship a God of amazing things, amazing grace, amazing love, and we'll be focusing on that theme throughout our service. Uh, For any of the boys and girls who are here in church, um, I will be asking you a question later on. If I say God is, I would be thinking of a a response from the boys and girls and the grown-ups as well. Uh, God is. Would it be God is love? There's one. not going to say any more. You have to think about your response to me later on during the children's time. Now we're going to turn to our first praise. Please stand to praise God in the words of immortal, invisible, God only wise.
wonderful anthem of the faith. And we uh, bring our praises and our glory to the living God, the eternal God. Let us bow together. Let us pray. There are not enough words, Almighty God. There are not enough superlatives or expressions that we could bring from human lip to adequately describe you. We come to you, the living God, God from all eternity, the everlasting Lord God Almighty. We buy in your presence as those who come with humble and submissive hearts, as those who have believed and received the wonderful ministry of your Son, our Savior, the Lamb of God, the only one who has the power and the authority to take away the sins of the world, including very much our personal failings and vulnerabilities, our shortcomings, O oh God, you know all about. We thank you that in our believing in Jesus, receiving the ministry of his cross, of his pure blood shed for our sins, we are therefore this people cleansed and renewed. We thank you for your Holy Spirit with and within us as Christian believers, that we may know what it is to be prompted, inspired, comforted and made uncomfortable at times because of the efficacy of the work of your Holy Spirit in us. We welcome your promptings and your probings as we, children of faith and of grace, continue to grow in the character of Christ the fruit of the Spirit. May we therefore increasingly be this people of enlightenment and of obedience. May we reflect your light of grace and goodness within us. You are a great and wonderful God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we do not hesitate to bow down before you, to lift our hands in your presence, to thank you for life, for love, for all that is good and of God, and to worship you from the heart this day and every day. But not least as a gathering of your people approaching your living word, we confess you are God. You are Savior, you are Lord, you are life, you are truth. 
You are great. You are wonderful. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So we come now to two Bible readings from the Old Testament book of Joshua. And the first uh, section of this reading from chapter 3 will be read for us by Barry Laurie. Thanks, Barry. Morning, everyone. Joshua chapter 3. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, Go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the word of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Amen. Thank you very much, Barry. What an amazing and very significant passage of Scripture. And looking forward to the continuation of it. We're going to go through to the early verses of chapter 4 with Heather's reading in a wee short moment or two. Boys and girls, have you been thinking? Maybe you were tuning in on that prayer as well, were you? Tuning in on the prayer uh, as we were bringing glory and thanksgiving to God. If, uh, If I were asking you... What do you think God is like? Who do you think God is? What would be some of your answers now? It's okay for the big people to answer as well. We're all up for that. God is. Anybody got something for me? God is. What? Shout out. Where would would that come from? God is everywhere. That was a great answer, wasn't it? Great answer. God is everywhere. 
Super. God is everywhere. Okay, nobody's allowed to repeat God is everywhere. All right. God is powerful. God is powerful. Um, Okay, just passing the answer along there to somebody else to say, but what about you? God is... God is good. Isn't that wonderful? God is good. There was a competition for that one. God is good. Well, we'll take one more. God is something else beginning with G. God is good. God is... There you are. God is great. That's wonderful. Is he loving? Is God loving? Yes. Does he get cross at our selfishness? If we're being selfish, you think that would make God cross? He wouldn't be happy with that? What would be your answer there? Forgiving. But he notices when we're not just being the way he wants us to be too, but he is forgiving. Is he, does he care about our worries? Do you think he cares when we're worried and anxious about something? Yes, I think he does. I think he does. You've been answering well. Where's the best place to find out all about God, about the way God thinks and his love and his caring? Is there somewhere we should go to? Is there somewhere we should be reading? I I think I know the answer to this. There's a book. What do you think that book is called? The book where, that tells us all about God. Did somebody answer it there? Yeah, you're very busy today. That's great. The Bible. So it seems to me, therefore, boys and girls, that yeah, when we think about the Bible, and the Bible is a book that tells us all about God and how wonderful God is and about how great God is, so then it, it, it follows that we should be um, listening very carefully when maybe parents, grandparents, Sunday school teachers, uh, youth leaders are uh, reading Bible stories to us. Do you have a favorite Bible story? Is there one you really love? Yes. I see the nod. Which one is it? Oh, do you know that was the first one on my list? Well done to you, Noah. Noah and the ark. And everybody was doubting Noah until it started raining. I tell you. Noah and the ark. Jonah. Jonah as what? Did, oh, Did you say Jonah or Noah? Noah and Jonah were, oh, very hard work. Jonah had a whale of a time, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was busy. That was a wonderful story as well. Was there any wee fella in the Bible? He was only a teenager, and he took on a big giant of a warrior. And this big giant of a warrior, he was... He was very menacing, and he was shouting 
at all the Israelite army, and he was mocking them. And I'm hoping you're going to put your hand up soon. Who was that? Who was that? David, well done. Did we get David down there? Plenty of people were getting David. And then, of course, when we come into the New Testament, lots of wonderful stories as well about Jesus healing and helping people, Jesus touching the lives of people and changing people. What do you call the wee man who went up the tree? You remember the wee man? The wee man who went up the tree because he was so short he couldn't see and everybody was standing in front of him and he wasn't very popular. And they were all standing, oh, I'm not letting you see a thing. And he decided, right, I must go up that sycamore tree. Zach, oh, here, get you. You know him. You know him personally then. He put a few quid your way, obviously, yes. And Jesus took Zacchaeus into, uh, into Zacchaeus' own home. He said, look, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to be with you for tea today. And Zacchaeus entered through that door as a very selfish guy. He was a man who was not being very kind to his neighbors and his people. He was a tax collector. Uh, in those days, tax collectors could lean on you very heavily and uh, still do a bit when you think about it. But anyway, uh, so the, uh, Jesus went in and Zacchaeus came out very differently. So you know where your Christian ministry should focus on the tax people, you know? So, but it's wonderful to think that that was just one story where Zacchaeus came out very, very changed. And instead of being selfish, he started to share. And, and he was really open about that. And he, was, he, was, he was apologetic to people. He was saying sorry, left, right, and center for the way he had been. Jesus changes lives and he makes people different. He's a great Lord. God is a great God. And one of the biggest stories, of course, Easter time, isn't it? Whenever we think of Jesus going all the way to the cross for us. And on Easter Sunday, there was a very different picture because the tomb was empty. Heard it from over here. The tomb was empty. Jesus was alive. We have a great God. If we don't believe we have a great and wonderful and amazing God, we need to think again about God. We need to start reading those big stories again and again until it goes through that our God is a wonderful and great God. So you're going to be going along to your children's work soon, but we're going to sing uh, a song, first of all, Billy's chosen for us all over the world, The Spirit is Moving.
So if anybody needs to make a move, this is your, this is your moment. It's not an excuse to leave before the sermon. Uh, but some are going out to children's work this morning. Good to see you. Are there any visitors here this morning? Anybody here for the first time? Nobody here for the first time. Good to see you. Let's bow together for our prayers for others. Let us pray. Father, we cherish that our first movement is that of selfless praise. You are an amazing God. We need to know that more and more every day and every situation that we experience and face, that we have a wonderful Lord God who is with us. By your Holy Spirit ministering, sharing, you take little things as we've been thinking about uh, throughout the summer months and early autumn, you take the little and in your hands that become so mighty, you multiply, you do wonderful things. Lord, with our small conversations, you just want us to speak about you, Lord. You want us to share in your name, and you do great things. And today we saw the the video about what shoeboxes can do. We saw with our own eyes the celebrations that were going on in different countries throughout the world. And because people took time to fill a box carefully, And lovingly and generously, Lord, people were blessed. People with little to nothing were just so changed and transformed. And it wasn't just the things in the box. As they began to appreciate the love behind the gift and hear the Christmas story of a Savior born into a world and thinking more closely and more carefully beyond the things that were blessing to the blesser, the Lord God Almighty, maker of the heavens and the earth, giver of life and love. And so we in our intercessions today, Father, we pray ahead of those boxes that those boxes will be placed into the hands and into the lives of those who really need them. And Father, that they will sense our faith and our love, our encouragement and our embrace as these gifts in due course will be received. You do mighty things, O God. As the boys and girls have left the sanctuary to go on through to their children's work. We want to pray over them and pray over their teachers. You are the great and living God. And as they share God's Word with young lives, we pray, O God, that there will be a work of your Spirit very much there, nurturing those young lives up and through the different grades of understanding Lord, that there will be a great coming to Jesus in these times. 
in young hearts, in teenage lives, in young adults, in people of mature years, we pray for a great coming to the knowledge of the love of Jesus. We pray this for our congregation here, for the congregations throughout Ireland, for your church around the world, O God, and not least of all, in those places still rebuilding, still mourning, after flood, after earthquake, after war. Lord God, we pray for these places where fire has ravaged, where homes within a day were taken, where communities within three days were taken, livestock, everything. We continue to remember these places, O oh God, and pray for the people as they rebuild, as, as they have experienced love and care from the wider communities and societies. We pray, Lord God, that we will be part of that caring, part of that sharing. Lord, we pray wisdom. We pray wisdom over those who are our leaders in so many places in life, government, council, church leaders, Lord God, leaders of organizations. Lord, we pray wisdom for leadership. Wisdom in truth. Wisdom in love and concern. Lord, in a moment of silence, we raise up to you someone or something that we are aware of, that we want to lay before you in prayer. A heavy heart, someone who is known by name, who has been suffering. Lord, we raise them up to you in our prayers. Lord, hear our prayers as together we unite our voices with the prayer that Jesus has taught his church. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy will be done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And before Heather brings us the next reading from Joshua, we sing together, King of Kings, Majesty. Heather is going to uh, pick up from where Barry left off at verse 14 through to chapter 4 and verse 3. Heather. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed, crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. 
When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Amen. Thank you very much, Heather. Let's bow together. Let's pray. Father, we pray for wisdom. We have heard your wonderful word, this amazing uh, intervention of your almighty power, a time when the Jordan River is in full flow and you halt the flow of the water so that your people can cross on dry ground. You were creating the pathway, O God. You were affirming to your people called that they were to walk through according to your provisions, according to your giftings, according to your power, They were reassured of who you are, the great and living God. And so, Father, we pray that we will recognize, receive, and live by your wonderful, all-surpassing love and infinite power. Sometimes when troubles heap up against us, when there are difficulties, when there's a journey and we cannot see up ahead, we become a little bit disconcerted. Father, help us to remember that you are the great shepherd, the wonderful provider, the one who cares, forgives, and leads. Lord, may our faith be alive in these truths and in these realities as you continue to grow us as Christian men and women and young people and children as you continue to make us more alert and aware of the amazing things that you have done to reassure us of your wonderful presence, calling for our praise responses, calling for our faithful living, And in these times, we continue to pray for wisdom and discernment and all that is needed for the day and age in which we live, for mission and ministry and living and giving and sharing, Lord. So now we pray for wisdom to test the teaching, that we may take from this place all that is truly of you for our Christian growth and development. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, you remember those exams, don't you? Way back then. Hands up if you were a last-minute crammer. Oh, yes, better to admit it. Uh, Some people were relying more, let's say, it was very wise, you were relying more on your short-term memory than your long-term memory. That's all that was. And other people 
maybe pasted out over a much longer period of time, revisiting the subjects and uh, working through examination periods that way. But we all remember what it was trying to remember things. Did you ever make up a wee rhyme? You did! To remember something, you made up a wee rhyme. So did I. Lots of wee rhymes. In fact, at Annadale, we were taught wee rhymes to remember things. I remember doing my RE O-level, not least of all, on the basis of songs that I had learned to sing at Crusaders and Youth Fellowship. And I would be writing out the words of those songs, which were essentially the scriptures. So what a wonderful thing to have been able to do that in your RE exam and to, you know. So learning, we've all been there. And every day's a school day, isn't it? Still, we're all learning. We're all continuing to be open-minded and to learn. Now, from time to time, I would like to, between now and January, uh, we've got a sense of direction now, uh, uh, but between now and and the early new year, I I would like to uh, dip into a, a little series that I've been preparing on verses in the Bible situated at chapter 3, verse 16. And, you know, it's, it's just one way of coming in on areas of the Bible like today, uh, whenever we home in on 3.16 here today in Joshua. You see, over the years, I have tried to uh, use different techniques for um, learning Scripture, committing Scripture to memory. You've been the same. You've been trying to do that. It's a very good thing to do because what we get into our minds and into our lives travels uh, through our being, and it's wonderful to be able to recall a Scripture verse of reassurance, isn't it, whenever we're in a situation or just to praise God, even using Scripture. I think it's a good thing to be able to commit Scripture to memory. And so I've underlined some verses with red ink. I've done that with my uh, trying to remember things in the Bible. I've color highlighted with a light color pencil, maybe a yellow. Uh, I have designed memory menus, a bit like uh, the ice cream menus from a, a certain famous ice cream parlor up in Port Stewart, which is where I got the idea and was sitting with my knickerbucker glory. And I was thinking, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I must get, you know, create these memory verses, an, an A4 memory menu that stands up as a card. I think you got one of them actually already. There's a few more to give you. But that's where the idea came from. Just, uh, just like the uh, sitting in, in the uh, little hotel at Port Ballantrae, the Bayview sitting in there having a meal at half term, and uh, there was suddenly this great big lantern and light parade that stopped. It had traveled the whole way from the, uh, the car park right up and, and to the Bayview Hotel. I thought, that, that's a good idea. There started the First Advent Lantern Service. First Sunday in Advent, whenever we are beginning to think about light, God's light coming into the world, a particular focus upon Advent light. So uh, we now meet uh, either in Helms Bay Square or Car Park beside St. John's Church, depending on which church we're in, and we, we, we parade with our lanterns. Kids make the lanterns. Some people like me 
well, we just check if we have batteries in our torch. And other people are very fancy about the lanterns that they've brought from their garages and so on. But, you know, we do that. We want to be creative in our thinking. And one of these ways, therefore, is this 316 verses series and their surrounding stories because we want to create a kind of a domino effect, don't we? This isn't just an academic exercise we're doing. We want to sort of have a bit of a knock-on that's going to happen. So as we become familiar and start to learn some of the verses of Scripture, we begin to think about the stories surrounding those, the celebrations of faith and of God's power, just like the story today, that amazing act of God in the full flow of the autumn waters. He, He stops the waters, We're told the place, and we're told where they cross the Jordan, just opposite Jericho. But you're not going to forget the place where where the waters were heaped up, would you? That little place, Adam, how could you ever forget Adam? You know, so every day's a school day. And so Christians, through whatever means, we have our favorite Psalms and our favorite passages, don't we? which come to mind easily as we recall memory verses from CSSMs of our childhoods. It was one of the best things that SISM ever did. You know CSSM? You have a CSSM in this area. Uh, It's called Children's Special Service Mission, or in Port Ballantrae, come single, soon married. Uh, And you didn't know that. (laughs) I found out. Anyway... Our children's work is very important, those memory verses, the recollection of scriptures through singing hymns and choruses, treasuring these Bible messages and assurances. I have a a very close friend who's an army chaplain. Sometimes when things happen that were violent and, and awful, he said that you could hear some of those young lives singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. After all, didn't we recite from the longest psalm in the Bible? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's one that many people remember, especially if it has been attached to a children's address with a bicycle and a lamp on the front, and the lamp is only so good as long as you keep pedaling. You keep walking into the light, you keep pedaling into the light, you keep moving into the light of Jesus, because his light is there. Thy word is a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. The longest psalm being... And the verse is, that's a test, 105. That's the only bit you have to learn, 105. Psalm 121 is a big favorite of many, many people, and people have been working on Psalm number 121. I will lift up mine eyes onto the hills. You've been thinking about that one. You've been learning that one. I think it's because we discover where our help comes from. Where does my help come from? My help comes from 
The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. God is alert, awake all the time. He's amazing, and he's doing amazing things indeed. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So take your time. Use repetition. Little and often. Remember one of my teachers saying, Colin, little and often, little and often, you work on that. You know, put that French vocabulary up there where you can see it and just go little and often. It'll sink in. I true. I was once put in a very delicate position up at Bushmills Grammar School. The teacher was a Mr. McKee. I was only there for one year. But it was a Friday afternoon, and it all depended on me as to whether we were getting out 15 minutes early or not. And I don't know what it's like. It says, if Colin McGaw gets this one right, you can all go home 15 minutes early. Cruelty personified. He said, Colin, if I say, cut, I want you to say whether it's le or la, for sha. Well, I was just in first form. I was still trying to work out what le and la were. But I got it right. Well, it was a 50-50, you know, situation. There was no phone a friend, nothing like that. But we got it right, got home early. Talk about hero. Didn't ever forget either. Le sha, don't forget that. Just in case you have a French teacher someday who's going to just Drop you in it rather gently. Use repetition little and often. Say it loud. Sing it loud. And let the Word of God soak into your soul. As it has to travel into the soul. It's much more than the mind. It's going to work its way through into the assurance of your being. Today, Joshua 3.16 helps us recall the time when the people of Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Why dry ground? Because God stopped the water flowing upstream. Joshua 3.16 says, The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. That's your homework. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. You know, I'm terrified that someday I'm going to say the name of your minister-elect. Nearly did it there now. <sighs> I went to see James Bond within the past couple of weeks. I'm just going to settle for M. <laughs> so we just have the M agreement? Okay. So when N comes, I'm going to say, um, run Joshua 3.16 past them. So, little and often, get it up there. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. I'm not just throwing that out as a wee cerebral exercise. I'm throwing it out because of the domino effect, because of the, because of the story surrounding this. This is your God. This is my God. This is the kind of thing God does, and he does it today. He gives us the pathway. He leads us through to new opportunities, to all sorts of provisions that are so timely. It's good to remember 
that God does, as you read for us, Heather, amazing things. If we don't get it that we have an amazing God who does amazing things, we are simply going to sell ourselves and our faith and our lives very short. Our faith walk is in a living God who does amazing things. Weren't we thinking about that wee man who was changed, that wee lunch that was shared, that wee lady with the coin and the lesson that Jesus drew out of that? We have an amazing God who understands us, loves us, forgives us, wants us to grow by his goodness, and he does amazing things. Indeed, as he said through Joshua earlier in chapter 3, consecrate yourselves, people, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. It's not a 3.16 verse, but I think it's a pretty good verse to commit to memory as well. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. It will remind you of the amazing things. Remember the 3.16 one first, and then fall back to 3 verse 5. This is how you begin to join the dots for yourself in the various stories of Scripture. And when we focus and recall, isn't that so true, that we worship a God who does amazing things. He spoke to Noah. We had Noah down here. He spoke to Noah, and an ark was built that saved the human race from extinction. That's all. That's all. <laughs> An amazing thing. He spoke to Moses, and the people of Israel were delivered from the most powerful nation on earth at that time. That's all. What an amazing God. He spoke to Gideon, and the marauding Midianites were expelled from the land that had been coming in for seven years and taking all the harvest, leaving the people starving. And Gideon was in the wine press. As a kid, I used to say he was in the hot press. He was in the wine press. We have an amazing God. He spoke to Samuel, and a shepherd boy was chosen to defeat a Philistine giant and succeed Saul as the new king of Israel. That's all. He spoke to prophet Elijah on Mount Carmel, and pagan Baalism was routed, as was evil Queen Jezebel. He spoke to the prophets, and the nation was warned and comforted. He spoke to Mary and to Joseph, the early parents of our Savior. He spoke to Peter, and this disciple preached to the salvation effect of 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost. He spoke to John, the disciple so loved by our Lord, and he wrote the fourth gospel, three letters in the book of Revelation. As indeed he also had spoken to Daniel hundreds of years before about the things of pending history and end times challenge and ultimate victory of this amazing God. Amazing things. Indeed, if we as his followers don't believe our God and Lord and Holy Spirit are amazing, then I don't think we know or revere as we ought.
So we need to focus, focus, focus on our amazing God. God who provides, protects, guides, and strengthens. In Bible times is the same God of provisions, protections, insights, and inspirations over you and over me today. So here's the question. Here is your question. When did God last do an amazing thing in your life? Now don't worry. I don't mean you to put your hand up now. I just want to throw that question out there. When did God last do an amazing thing in your life? I know that you will return to the amazing grace story when Jesus reached into your heart. But what about also the provisions, the healing touches, the peace of mind beyond human understanding, meeting your spouse, meeting a friend a few days after you'd been thinking about them and praying for them, God incidences when he turned a sadness to a joy, despair into hope, fear into faith, death into life. Amazing things because of our faith in the living God who piles water in a heap upstream to remind the people then and us now that he is the Lord God of amazing things. So Joshua 3.16 just hits the dominoes, doesn't it? As many amazing things are recalled and by faith prayed for with thanksgiving and intercession today, I wonder what amazing things God is doing in Afghanistan, a land where I think people were just simply abandoned. I think they were abandoned. I know that we can use other words, and in warfare we can use terms like collateral damage and all that, kind of, but I think they were just abandoned. I think it was quite appalling, actually. But beyond and beneath and in and through that, we know that many brave people are going in and out to rescue people. I know that. But what amazing things is God doing, creating timings and blessings and encouragements and even in the face of great opposition, the way God is strengthening people, including very much so people of Christian faith and commitment. Do you think people may be coming to faith in these times? There was a a missionary from China as a member of my congregation in Helens Bay, and he was exited uh, at the time of the Cultural Revolution, and he was always extremely vexed and very deeply prayerful about the Chinese uh, Christians that he had left behind in this little part of of, of China, just minuscule compared to the overall country. And eventually, when restrictions were eased, he was allowed back in again. He was allowed back in again. And he uh, went to the place where his little church was, he and his wife. And they said, we're expecting to experience a very diminished situation. Not near Nelly. The whole place was thriving and coming down with new converts and people who had come to faith during those most difficult years. And he just wept and reminded himself of the fact it was God's work and that 
God is amazing. God is amazing and does wonderful things. Release of body and soul captives, eyes opened of the blind spiritually, the gift from a friend in a pinpoint timely moment. This is our God. And I want you to go away and I want you to think about that question I put out there. When's the last time God has done an amazing thing in your life? And we just want to bow and we just want to say thank you. Father, so thank you so much for being this amazing God of life and love, of ministry power. Sometimes we think it's down to us. Yes, you do want to use us. Yes, you do call us. But you so work beyond us, in and through and beyond, Lord. So we thank you that this is your ministry. We thank you for the privilege of being part of it. We just praise you, O God, because we need you. We need your power. We need your strength. We need your help to awaken us in so many ways in the world today. We pray, Lord, great awakening onto the life and truth of Jesus in these times. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And Billy has the last praise chosen for us, How Great Thy Art.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen.